Financial. I'm your host, Ben Brett. And I'm Cara Brett. And this is the podcast that helps professional families who are navigating all of life's big financial transitions. So if that sounds like you, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast grow. Uh, If you want more information more often, uh, please feel free to check out our Instagram at Bounce Financial, where we share a lot of information uh, that we're, you're going to hear in this podcast. Uh, before we kick off this week, what I wanted to do is just highlight that the information we provide on this podcast is general in nature and doesn't take into account your personal circumstances. Uh, you should consider the relevance of this and seek advice before acting. And if you are in the market for advice, uh, Bounce Financial is taking on new financial advice clients. So please feel free to reach out and at our website, bouncefinancial.com.au. Cara, what are we talking about today? We are talking about something that I think comes up every single week for most of our clients, and it's the concept of combining money and budgeting as a couple, because most of our clients are families and couples. Exactly. This is a big one, um, and this is something that um, I guess we talk about all the time, not just with our younger clients, but with uh, clients that are you know in their 30s and their 40s, sometimes even in their their 50s that have developed sort of habits where they're not combining money or they, they partially combine money and they're looking to perhaps change those structures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess today we wanted to talk about some of the pros and cons, some of doing that, um, some of the things to look out for. We've seen a fair few families now combine money and we've seen the things that can cause issues or friction. Um, and yeah, sort of talk about, I guess, how you could try to find the right balance for you. And I think this is really important to note because when we talk to people about this, they sometimes they can be a bit scared or worried about the concept of combining money but there is no one size fits all no you can adjust these things to be personalized for your situation and today again we're talking about some of the tools and things that might help you in figuring out a way that works for you and your significant other Yes. And, you know, as your relationship evolves and changes, there'll be changes to the way you deal with your money together or the way you deal with each other. And that's good. That's mm-hmm. something we want to work on. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's sort of try to kick this off. This is a really big topic and there's a lot of ways to sort of approach this. And I think sometimes it can be a little overwhelming. Um, what's some of the first things, I guess, we encourage people to talk about, you know, when, when they're talking about either combining money or changing the way that they combine money as a couple? I think initially um, a lot of people are worried about what's going to be fair, Yep. right? Um, It is very rare that a couple earn the exact same amount, uh, you know, as each other. I don't think I've ever come across it, to be honest. Mm. And so that's kind of where it starts is how much we're actually earning and then correlating to what is fair for each person in the relationship, how that translates to the family, and I guess what that means in terms of spending. Yes. Yeah, I think I usually see sort of two different ways of approaching this. So, um, you know, I'll see couples that perhaps both earn money and they both earn, you know, reasonably well, but again, like you said, different. And then what they'll do is they'll combine bills money and keep whatever's left. Um, I've seen couples that combine all of their money and then split out personal spending money that is equal with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess understanding as a couple, what is fairness to you? Is it is it fair that if you earn more in the couple that you should have more personal spending money or more fun spending money than your partner? Or is it fair that even though you have different earnings, um, that you both have the same amount of money to spend on things? And that's different for each couple. Correct. Uh, and the other, like you, you mentioned the two things that 
that we've seen. But the third is that we actually have seen couples in long-term relationships where they have completely separate bank accounts. That's true. And when a bill comes in, they pay 50% each. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So um, it, it isn't, like we said, it isn't one size fits all. It is going to be different to everybody. But I think the important part is, is to actually have a discussion and think about realistically what is fair for both of you and what is comfortable. Yes, because you may find that you have different opinions on this mm-hmm. um, and understanding that there is a gap in that agreement and trying to work towards it is going to solve you a lot of heartache in the in the long run. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Exactly. Cool. All right. So I guess, you know, kicking it off and starting to have those discussions of, okay, what we think is fair, um, you know, should it be the case that we split uh, money together or is it the case that we have the same amount? Um, I guess from there, what we need to start thinking about is, okay, maybe this suits us at this point in our life. But what happens when changes occur in our life? Mm-hmm. And the big one we see for a lot of our clients is having children. Yeah. And and why this is such a big one is often there is maternity leave linked to this, uh, more often than not, obviously, the woman, meaning that there is a period of time where one of the partners isn't actually earning any money at all. Mm. And so if you had um, established the way that you manage money as a couple in that you are pretty much separate, you do bills together, but all everything else is separate, that's going to be really difficult on one person specifically in the relationship if they're not earning any money yet they're expected to contribute 50 percent to absolutely everything while simultaneously raising a baby Um, (laughs) we can obviously see where i sit on the scheme of this thing because i think it's very difficult to do that but these are the types of discussions that if you haven't had them prior to having children are very important because Mm. we tend to find in that sleep deprived state if you're trying to set up these things <laughs> After the fact, it can be really difficult. Yeah, I think I speak with a lot of clients that it's, you know, the, the, the way they handle money is working for them right now. And they kind of have the attitude of, well, when we have the baby, then we'll sort it out. And I, that's kind of the worst time to do that because emotions are running high. Everyone's stressed. I think establishing, okay, well, okay, what is fairness? But what will be fairness as these things change before you have the children and putting in place these systems? Because they take a while. Um, it's probably the best way to approach it. And and the other part of this too, and we won't go into too much detail, but when you do have children, it's no longer just my expenses and your expenses, okay? Mm. It's my expenses, your expenses, and our family expenses. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky because if you've been in a, a situation where you are very separate from your partner and that you kind of get to spend all of your excess income on whatever you want and they get to spend all their excess income, well, who's paying for the children's expenses? Mm. You know, are you thinking about future plans? plans like um, private school or anything like that, well, who's going to be contributing towards that and how is that going to look as a family unit? Yeah. And I think we might be starting to display some of our biases here Mm -hmm. in what we've seen. And, you know, like we said, everything's different for every couple. We want to make sure that we find what works with you. Um, But we've worked with hundreds of couples and seen what's worked and what hasn't. And as a general rule, I find that the more combined your finances can be, the more chance of success, long-term success you have. I find there's a huge correlation between people who can consistently save, who have, you know, good oversight of their money, who are 
moving forward in life and that really that sharing of that money because they're both on board um, whereas the more money is split between the two of you the more likely perhaps you, you're just going to overspend because you're like well I don't really see the reason why I would save this money because we're not working towards something together mm-hmm. and that really comes down to your goals too which I think we're going to discuss in a second yeah and I think like you know it's all well and good to us to talk about conceptual of this but how we should start this process is literally sitting down with our significant other and discussing goals yes which if you've listened to us and you know us you know that we're big on goals and planning so it <laughs> probably shouldn't come as any surprise but you know having an open discussion about what it is you're trying to achieve as a, as a couple yes but also what you're trying to achieve individually because this is equally as important and how this is going to correlate to how you physically manage your money together yeah I think, um, you know, something we like to say is that money's meant to be spent. It's its purpose. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to give up your lifestyle now, you need to have something that you're working towards that justifies why you're giving up, why you're saving money. If you're just trying to save money for the sake of it, it's very unlikely you'll be able to stick to that when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about goals. Um, you know, say a couple sits down and they go, they go, okay, well, we agree that this is fairness. We understand that, you know, these things are going to change and this is how we would like it to look. Um, how should we be thinking about goals when we're combining money as a couple? I think that it is um, such a good practice to get into the process of sitting down discussing, firstly, your joint goals. Yeah. So your family goals. Perfect examples of this are... Um, you know, paying your house off early. So, you know, say you've got a home loan and you want to, you both really want to work towards reducing that home loan from 20 years to 15 years. Great joint goal. Maybe the joint goal is we want to send the kids to private school. Another joint goal that should be something combined. It might be a, it might be a holiday that you're working towards. It might be an upgrade of a home. Yes. These are joint goals. And if you are both on board with them, that is definitely going to help with the planning process and they can be anything right it's going to be really personalized for you guys yeah and i think too i mean once we've had those discussions about joint goals then we start need needing to think about separate goals because not all of your goals are meant to be 100 percent combined with your partner mm-hmm. each one of you are going to have different little things you'd like to achieve and understanding that perhaps your partner wants to achieve this and you want to achieve that and they're relatively similar then that's that's appropriate too yeah um an example might be is that I, and uh, maybe I'm firstly telling you this for the first time, I would love to do a trip the year I turn 40 with all of my girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) We have never discussed this. So that's, I love that. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that's a personal goal. That means that I would actually be putting a fair amount of money towards that goal that uh, ben wouldn't necessarily be getting right yes. um but equally ben might have a goal where he wants to insert goal here he <laughs> he wants to do a week away playing golf or something random like exactly, that exactly yeah and it doesn't just because your partner has a goal that may be expensive doesn't mean you have to go and spend the exact same amount that Again, it works different for everyone. And, you know, that idea of fairness really comes into this too. Some couples might go, well, if you spend this much on your week away, then I should have that entitlement for that. Other couples are like, that's fine. I want this littler thing, and but that's okay. We're both sort of okay with it. Mm-hmm. Understanding what it is you both want to achieve and how that's going to have effect on your greater finances is going to lead you to success. Exactly. And I think that if we don't get all of these goals out in the open, both personal and the joint goals, this is where we start getting conflict with everyone everyday money management because if we don't 
articulate those to each other and set them in stone as a family. And by the way, they can change. That's okay. But if they're not out in the open, this is where our actions don't necessarily correlate to what we're trying to achieve. And this is where friction is caused in a relationship. Yeah. And a great example is, I guess, what you've discussed. It's like if you wanted to go away for a week and you knew you needed this much money to do so, and I was unaware of this goal and I was spending all our money on things around the house or something like that, that's where that creates that friction. And so by not communicating, it's like, this is what we're, we're working towards and we both agree that's where we can create issues. Um, cool. All right. So I think we've talked about, we've tried to establish, okay, what is fairness? Um, does this correlate, like, does this still work once we have children, if there's a, a change in salaries, etc.? cetera? Um, we've discussed those goals of what we want to achieve. How do we put them in practice? How do we actually achieve this? Mm-hmm. We have done previous podcasts on budgeting and how we recommend it, right? Yes. And this does feed through into that because for us, it's about once we know the goals, once we know how much everyone's getting for different things, we want to set up account structures specifically for this and and segregate money to help with this. Now, a lot of people, when they come and see us for the first time, they're like, well, we don't really have joint money because we don't have joint bank accounts. Mm. And actually, that's not the point. Um, I, I think that's like a fallacy. People are really like, it's not the same. In fact, I think you and I only have one joint bank account that's attached to the home loan. Yes. All of the rest of the accounts are in our individual names, but all of our money is still joint money. Yes. Yeah. I think it might be a hangover from a previous time where you couldn't find out information on an account unless it was in a joint name. But in this modern age where we have internet banking, we can log into each other's internet banking anytime we want and have a good oversight of accounts. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think, again, it's about figuring out an account structure that works for you. Typically, um, the way that we recommend this, and again, can be adjusted, is that we wanna have a a bank account that is for all of the bills, right? And that's for all the joint bills in the family. So um, if there's children's education, it would be in there as well. Uh, All of the house repayments, all of the electricity, that kind of thing, right? We also want to have, and we'll probably talk about this in in a second, we want to have our individual spending accounts. We want to have some personal money for that, and we'll talk about what that means. And then from there, we we start segregating out the savings and the goals accounts, don't we? So if the goal is for me to do a 40th trip with my girlfriends, and I know I'm going to need five grand for that, I might actually establish a bank account and specifically be putting small amounts to work towards that. Um, And if I've communicated that well with my partner, which apparently today I now have, um, (laughs) (laughs) we can be working towards that slowly over time and there'll be no resentment in terms of um, him understanding why I'm putting this money aside and why I'm spending it. Yes, you'd rather have the conversations up front about why we're putting that money aside or how we're spending rather than waiting until you're uh, about to leave for the airport and I'm going... What's happening? (laughs) Correct. Correct. And similarly, account, you know, segregating money, using the buckets, um, the bucket method, using the different bank accounts in order to do this definitely works in a couple just as much as it works as an individual. It's just that, again, you need to tweak the figures to work for what it is you're trying to achieve as a family and as individuals. Yeah. I think we might talk about um, personal spending money and Mm -hmm. some of the traps we see with that. Yeah. 
Um, you know, a lot of this is about combining money. It's about agreeing as a couple, okay, this is what we're trying to achieve and here's what we're going to work towards. But it's important to remember that we are individual people. We are people who have our own goals and aspirations and, and want to feel in charge of our own money. And we don't want to give up too much autonomy. We want to feel like, yeah, we're working together where we need to, but we have our own autonomy. And this is where we sort of suggest when it comes to personal spending money, setting up some sort of arrangement where you're each getting your own personal spending money mm-hmm. um, the last thing you need in this world is being um, is having to check with your partner hey can I buy this coffee Correct. Um, we, you need that level of autonomy in your life and working out what that looks like for you is a little bit different for everyone um, particularly once you throw in kids mm-hmm. and like where kids expenses fall into it yep. but we need some autonomy to, to sort of avoid having those clashes in a relationship oh, and just because you have kids doesn't mean you don't have your personal life and things that you want exactly, to do right? right? so often we recommend um, we recommend this for everybody we personally do this ourselves too where you have your own individual separate account for personal spending each week you essentially pay yourself a weekly amount into that account and you can spend that 100% guilt-free on anything that you personally want. So I've got my my account. If I want to go out um, for lunch with a friend, if I want to go to the movies, if I want to buy a dress or whatever... um, I don't have to check with my partner. I actually don't have to worry if it's going to impact my other personal and family goals because I've actually already set it up. And that this spending money for me is all for whatever whatever it is I want and I don't need to check in. And similarly, my partner... He can go and buy a lot of craft beer, which I think is is mainly where the money goes. Um, And it doesn't matter because it's not taking away from the family and it's not taking away from the other partner who, you know, could be going without. Yes. And it removes the friction from that scenario, right? When your partner purchases something, instead of you thinking, geez, what does this mean to my finances? Does this mean we can't achieve our goals? Instead, you get excited for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that... clothing item you bought that you've come home I want to see it it's great <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the um the other part to note and and this is this is really putting a little bit of personal view on this too um and again take take it or leave it from from our perspective but it can be difficult if that figure is is a different amount Yes. for a lot of people. So, you know, as a family, just because one person earns more than the other, especially when it comes to someone um, maybe working part-time and taking on more of the child-rearing responsibilities, if you are having significantly different spending in that everyday yes. spending, it can feel like um, there is a lot of resentment going on. So often you would choose, or a lot of couples that we work with choose to have very similar amounts so we have the exact same amount don't we and that I know that I'm getting the exact same to spend whatever I want and vice versa now again like I said there is it's going to be personalized to you but often you know having that open discussion about what you're comfortable to have is really important with this because even if you segregate it if you haven't spoken about it you might feel really uncomfortable something I guess we see from time to time is there will be a disparity in earnings and what say for example one person has a lot more spending money than the other and there may be an informal sort of arrangement of oh well that person tends to just chip in a little more for some things you know maybe they'll they'll pay for lunch more often or they'll do that Um, which seems logical in the first instance but I've definitely seen situations where that kind of creates a feeling that the other person is um, 
beholden to them you know mm-hmm. like there's an element of an unfairness in that relationship and again bringing it back to that discussion of what is fair mm. um, you know the idea of sacrificing some of your hard-earned income to your partner is is a little confronting I guess particularly when you're younger and you're first combining money um, but sometimes it's a bit of a necessary thing to make sure you have long-term success. Yeah, and and again, bringing it back to that children aspect too. Mm. Once you throw in children, it completely changes the landscape. And we, you know, we've worked with hundreds of people over the years, so we do find that the people who actually combine their finances and and realistically evenly segregate it to each other have the most long-term success yes. and have the least amount of fights. And if you can have no fights and you can build money, then we're, we're kind of happy from our perspective, right? Yeah. And that being said, we work with a lot of clients who do wish to keep their money separate and that's great. Yeah. We just find the structures that work for them and we keep moving forward. So yeah, um, yeah always happy to be flexible. And I think the most important thing is though on this, you got to talk about it don't you yeah it's got to be out in the open yes and if it's not that's where there'll be issues so it can be different figures but we need to talk about it exactly Uh, I guess that kind of leads us to our next thing it's like okay so we've talked about fairness we've made some agreements we've got joint goals we're setting up structures you know each person's got their separate accounts what happens when one person takes money from an account that they shouldn't have Mm. um I guess the first part that we need to say about this is you have to be prepared to accept imperfections, Mm. okay? Starting anything new, setting any structure up and just doing life, nobody is going to get through doing things perfectly, okay? Um, Much like if you start a diet, you might get a sneaky cheeseburger every now and then. (laughs) So... Um, uh, You need to be prepared to accept the imperfections of your partner, but it's really important that you, one, don't try and hide it from each other and you bring it out in the open and you discuss it. So if you accidentally overspent in a certain area or committed yourself to something or, you know, whatever, um, be prepared to to talk about it with your partner, but also as the person who is hearing this for the first time, uh, it's best not to uh, jump down their throat and scold them. It's just to understand that we are all human and we're probably going to make mistakes. I think the diet analogy is a really good one. Um, you know, we've all seen the circumstances where we've tried to start a diet and then, you know, we have a weekend where we <laughs> perhaps eat a little too much and we kind of just throw the diet out the window. Ah, oh, it didn't work. Mm. Um, where we know we would have been better off accepting that, okay, yes, that weekend wasn't in line with what we'd agreed to and we'd made some mistakes but if we keep going with this diet we're going to have long-term success whereas if we throw it all out then mm. we're going to continue to sort of have those downward spirals you know we're not we're not trying to achieve perfection here we're trying to achieve good yeah and it, you know like if the majority of the time you're doing well and every now and then there's a few slip-ups you're still going to be tracking in the right direction yes um and so i think to you know just understanding that that is just life and being a human being and it's going to be okay <laughs> yeah yeah. And, you know, like it's all well and good to sit down and plan out your goals and here's what we're going to spend for this and here's what we're going to spend for that. But things are going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, you will have different priorities. There will be the opportunity to have a friend's weekend or like a lovely dinner or something's going to come up that's going to be outside of your budget. And you're going to be left with the choice of 
is this something that I shouldn't spend money on because I haven't agreed to or do I want to change it and Mm -hmm. changing is good I mean I think staying just to your strict structure just because you set it up isn't necessarily the right way to go about it we just got to be upfront and communicate about it exactly and you know like we've heard the concept of having a date night about your your budget um a lot of places yeah we do think that it is important as a couple you do sit down and talk about your money yes um and the plan for the money at least once a year yes but realistically if there is a major change in your life an example of a major change is a new job a new house um you know starting daycare for kids whatever it is you should probably sit down and have a 15 minute conversation about how you're going to adjust the plan and move forward with that yeah and a nice little plug for our our business as financial advisors is we're there when these things happen so for our clients we are pushing these conversations of okay you got a pay rise awesome let's think about what this does to the plan can we assign more money to personal spending can we assign money to holidays or is this a long-term you know savings goal sort of thing so um yeah i like being able to have those conversations with people oh yeah it's fun i love change it's good (laughs) and probably the last point to note too is that you don't want to be the dark be in the dark in relation to your finances and what i mean by that is it is very often that one person in a couple takes the leadership role in in their finances. And when I say the leadership role, it might be that you are the one paying the bills and directing money and all of that sort of stuff. But I think it's really important, even if one person's physically doing that, that you both have an understanding of what you're trying to achieve. You both have those aligned goals so that even if the other person's physically doing the payments and whatnot you know that it's in line with what you've both agreed to. Yeah. This is, in my mind, it's less about the trust. Obviously, you trust that your partner's going to do the right thing, and I actually don't think it's about your partner ripping you off. What I think it is more about is, is, you know, if you're not uh, living this every day, if you're not thinking about it, your spending isn't going to align with your joint goals because you've outsourced that, so you're kind of not worried about it. And that's where we start to see the friction between partners where we have one person who's very focused on the money who's going well hang on your spending is not aligning with what we discussed and then the the person who's spending going well i'm not really paying attention this is your job to stop this so Mm -hmm. unfortunately you both need some level of oversight of what's happening here exactly and like i said if you're not the person who's interested in physically doing the money management that's okay yeah it's very uncommon i guess we see couples where they're both like there's usually one person that will sort of lead a lot of these things and that's good i think that you know in a relationship you need to divide and conquer you know correct yeah (laughs) yep for sure and i think probably if you haven't noticed the most important part of this is to get it out get it all out on the table and actually have a discussion about it often when i'm sitting in front of you know new clients for the first time some of these conversations about money about goals about what they're trying to achieve with their life is actually the first time they've ever talked about them together is when they're with me now that's a privilege. I love being in that position because I love talking to people and helping them be that third party on it. Uh, but it, regardless of whether you have an advisor or not, these are discussions that you should be having and you should be having them semi-regularly. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think that was sort of touched on most of what we wanted to talk about. I mean, I had some key takeaways from this is um, it's very normal that, you know, 
later on in life you may not have even combined finances so don't feel bad if you haven't necessarily done it or if you'd like to make changes the way you go about it you know you do have patterns so that's that does exist um you know communicating quite a lot about what's fair what are we working towards how are we achieving it and is it working and, and adjusting that plan as we mm-hmm. go um, and also both of you being interested parties in it yeah yeah Perfect. And that means I get to have my girls weekend away and you can uh, go off and play golf for a week. I'm, I'm real excited. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Like I said, uh, you can get in contact with us um, on Instagram at Bounce Financial or alternatively, if you are looking to uh, speak with a financial advisor, check out our website, bouncefinancial.com.au. Until next time, guys. See you then. Cheers. Cheers.